Hey, 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 Logan here. Before we get started today, I just wanted to let you guys know we have started a collaboration with Ronin'sReview.com, Ronin'sReviews.com, um, R-O-N-O-N, Reviews.com. They're, they're a site that does gaming, music, and film reviews. I know they do those three. They probably do more. They've got quite a few collaborators that um, put up reviews, and they've got some pretty quality quality reads on there so i would definitely check them out uh, we got in contact with them or they got in contact with us and we are now have two written reviews up on the site uh if you want to hear about which two reviews listen to the episode and we'll tell you at the end all right now listen to the episode bye Hey everybody, welcome back to the Two Metal Fans Podcast. It's your host, Logan, with my forever co-host, Jordan. Yes, and today, before we get into our main topic, we're going to jump into the album review schedule. Since the last time we've talked, we've actually had two albums finish. I think that's the first time since starting this that that's happened. Um, we listened to Unleash the Archer's album Apex, and Cabal's album Mark of the Rot, right? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I think so. It's okay. just, I think it's just Mark of Rot, but whatever. Uh, I actually have Mark of Rot on my screen, but I said Mark of the Rot because I'm an idiot. Yeah, happens. Yeah, all the time. Okay, we'll start with the first one we listened to, Unleash the Archer's Apex. Um, all I have is that it's heavy metal in 2017, but Jordan, you added it to the list, so we'll... Where did you find it? You know, I actually found both albums this week on Spotify Discover, and they were one after each other. Really? Yeah. And you just decided to go, oh, put that one, put that one. Well, yeah. So I the songs that that were on my Discover were actually my favorite songs from the album. So I like I heard that song and I was like, this is awesome. Got to check this out. Um, but I didn't have time to listen to the album right then and there. Okay. So I kind of use this as like a, well, now I can't forget to listen to it, because I have to listen to it. So you say that the first song was your favorite song on the album, the ones from the Discover playlist. Yep. Did that mean the album was disappointing to you? No. Oh. Not, both of these albums were really good. Um, I just think Discover <laughs> got it spot on. They knew your taste precisely. Yeah. Honestly, it can do that sometimes, but since Veronica and I, Veronica and I share, I get a lot of stuff I don't normally listen to, so my Discover is just all over the place. Yeah. And I love it, because I That's just find fun, new random stuff. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. All right. Unleash the Archer's Apex. How was it? Um, so I really liked it. I gave it an 8.5. Um... I kind of felt like this was a mix of Dragon Force and Arion. Arion? I think it's Arion. Um, Arion. I'll let you speak more towards the concept part because you, you're you more the, the lyrics person. I didn't even know there was a concept at the time. But I'm conceptualizing this talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, man, this was... It felt very powerful. Um, it was. It's definitely metal, but there's no screaming to it. Um, it almost felt like a like a journey, like from start <laughs> to finish. Like you, like I'm 
putting on my armor and I'm gonna go like fight in a war or something. I don't know. It was it was, it was awesome. It was intense start to finish. They never they never unrelented. It was groovy at times, but always good. Never a dull moment. Damn. So oh, and I gotta add, the the vocalist kills it, and it's awesome to hear a very good female vocalist in metal. Damn. It's funny. I, I honestly, I think I agree. Like this, I, this doesn't always happen, but I agree with every single thing you said. So you know that's we, my we review agree too. With everything except for the the best song. Oh, okay, the best song. No, I want to actually talk a little bit more about it. I mean, I Wait, agree. No, no. You did put the same song. You just put the letters of it instead of the full name. Yes, it was. And I think it was my second best song. Yeah. But um, it could be tied with my favorite. So I thought it was powerful, epic. I thought the female vocalist was extremely good, and it was a freaking journey. Everything that you said. So we're going to start off with the vocalist because that actually is my biggest pet peeve of the album. And it's not that she's bad. It's just that style of vocals. It just doesn't do the same thing for me as the vocals I normally listen to. And so when I, the first time I listened to the first song, I was like, oh, this is kind of poo. Just because that vocal style didn't match my normals. <laughs> but I grew to love her version of that vocal style still don't like that vocal style but she did a great job of mixing those incredibly powerful vocals like singing with the sometimes almost brutal singing at the same time it was cool i loved it yeah it definitely does have a distinctive vocal style um and i don't really know if that would be considered like power metal or what but um i i can see what you mean and why you have your reservations about it yeah but then the freaking journey of it, one, it's a concept album, love concept albums. And basically, I'm going to try to go through this without being too word smush. The concept was about this powerful matriarch. And if you don't want to know the concept before listening, don't listen for the next like minute. But if you don't care, just keep listening. So the powerful matriarch awoken a powerful immortal like soul from a cursed slumber in a mountain. So this immortal soul that was cursed in the mountain, because they were awakened, they must fulfill the wishes of the person that awakened them. So this matriarch brings this immortal back to her and says to go out and kill all four of her sons. Um, so even though the immortal probably didn't necessarily want to do that, in order for his soul to be free, he has to listen to everything this matriarch wants him to do. So, let me see where I'm at here. He goes and he retrieves all of the sons, but like the, I think starting with song four through seven, are each singular song is about the mortal going and retrieving one of the sons. He gets to the first one, who's this lawyer that was a horrible person doing horrible things to other people. So the immortal, he didn't give a shit about that guy. Whacked him with no problem. Then he moves on to the next brother. The second one, I don't remember quite as much. I do remember he was also a sleazebag, just like the first one. Immortal didn't care, whacked him off too. Then he moves on to the third uh, son. Third son was this army general that had thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers 
to fight against the immortal as the immortal went and whacked him. <laughs> Moving on to the fourth son, who was like a great person, just a normal dude, like very moral right. And the immortal was like, shit, I like you. I don't want to kill you. Like, I, I, mean, I don't know what to do anymore. But in the end, he decided to take him back and kill him because his soul can't be free if he doesn't do that. He gets back to the immortal. The immortal's like, thanks. Now I'm all the most powerful because her sons were becoming about as powerful as she was at this time. She's like, I'm, I'm good now, um, but also I'm not going to free your soul. You have to go back in the mountain. And then the immortal goes back to the mountain, back into his cursed slumber, and awaits for someone else to awaken. Wow. Dude, isn't that crazy? I can't believe I just remembered all that off the top of my head, too. She did him dirty. I know she did him dirty, but that whole concept with, uh, with that powerful, epic story music behind it. Oh, dude. I was sitting there. I did not get much work done that day because I was just totally immersed. That's actually insane. I'm glad you transcribed that for me. No problem, man. I still think you should go back, listen while reading the lyrics, just because the lyrics are so well put together. Yeah, that's... I, <laughs> I'm a sucker for a good concept, so I'm definitely going to do that. Awesome, dude. I'm excited. All right. I, we, I'm going really long in depth on this, this week's uh, albums. Second album, Cabal, Mark of the Rat, Deathcore 2018. You did it again. Damn it, I did it again. Alright. I'm gonna just go and get some water. But uh Cabal Mark of Rot, not Mark of the Rot. Deathcore twenty eighteen. What'd you think of it? Uh I really enjoyed this one. I didn't quite it didn't quite reach my love rating, but I gave it like in all uppercase letters. Um gave it eight point seven five. I seem to have not finished putting my review in. No, all you said was black and soil sounds like acacia strain. <laughs> yeah, um, don't know what happened there, but yeah, I really, really like this. I think these guys are really good at this style of like what I would consider like deathcore gent. Um, it's not quite gent, it's not quite deathcore, but they got like they got the riffs. Let me tell you, man. Every it, single breakdown, every single normal riff, it's just juicy. It, like, after I listened to this album, I picked up my guitar, and I was just jamming to, like, that style of riffage for, like, four hours. Because they laid it out so clearly <laughs> how they do it. They solidified their version of it. And it's it was inspiring. The music is so good to listen to. And the best part is after I listened to it for this review, not the first time, they have a second, they have a new album that just came out. They do. So I, I went right on to that one. But no, this this is really good. Um, some of the songs, you can kind of tell are like influenced by other artists. Like I put The Black and Soil, kind of sounds like the Acacia Strain at times. Yeah. Uh, so they they know what genre they're in and they're trying to like feed off the other bands which works works out really well um highly recommend this album okay damn it's so interesting to hear your take cuz you went so much into like the instrumentals and how it inspired you but like 
I can't hear that stuff as well. So I was focused more on just like the sheer like passion and energy put into it mixed with the style of vocals and like the heaviness and God, it was deathcore with like this weird touch of unique quality that I haven't quite heard before. They were very just interesting to listen to. They were, I guess they, I guess they were gent and I didn't even realize they were gent listening to it, but they were just kind of weird timing not quite smooth as smooth as deathcore but still just as heavy if not heavier than deathcore i don't know it was it was a really good album to me i gave it an 8.3 and that's just less than unleash the archers 8.5 because i didn't get with the concept as much but i didn't also dive as much into it so that score could always change you know yeah we do we do go back and give second thoughts like perfect example for me is pretty much every Haken album when I, first <laughs> to it. I didn't really like it but now they're all masterpieces in my mind so these are just initial impressions more or less yeah the one thing I did dislike about the Cabal album was the kind of noise effect that I can sometimes have where this isn't they didn't have it very bad but every once in a while I just almost felt like I was hearing noise rather than music it didn't happen too often, but those small, subtle parts kind of dropped them a little bit for me. As you were saying, they have an album that literally just came out like a few weeks ago, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know. I liked it a lot. I think I liked it more than Mark of Rot. Um, I know we're not reviewing that one, but I think I would agree overall it's stronger. But my favorite song for Mark of Rot, The Darkest Embrace is by far the best work from both of those albums i'll have to listen to that song again because I, that song didn't stand out to me blinded and nothingness did but again i think those had some solid lyric like solid vocals and that's probably why i need yeah. to go listen to the dark embrace again so the reason i liked it i don't know what timestamp i should have wrote it down because i like it so much um <laughs> there's like this i almost want to call it like the main riff but I don't, they they do it twice in the song, and there's a buildup, and it's distinctive when it hits, but the guitar riff is so fun. It's it's kind of breakdown-y, but it's also kind of, like, jumpy, and, like, whenever that first note hits, the vocalist's guttural is disgusting. Like, it sounds like my speaker got ripped out of my car and stomped on by Satan. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like what a way to say it. <laughs> when when that part hit on my Discover was the exact second I pulled out my phone and I said, What the hell is going on? And I added it to the list. That second. That's freaking broke, awesome. It broke me out of my programming trance. <laughs> That's so great. That's the type of stories I want to hear. Yeah, so it had a lot to live up to and uh, it did a pretty good job. It did. I was v- so far this month for me has been insane Solid. i mean 9.6 <laughs> on ai 640 8.5 for unleash the archers 9.2 for august burns red and 8.3 for mark or cabal i'm flying and i'm not gonna lie to you this next album is gonna be up there yeah the last album this month might sour our scores a bit but it's gonna be a solid month Oh, yeah, we have <laughs> not this one we're listening to now, but the next one. The World I Knew by The Lit and The Lost. The Lit and The Lost. <laughs> so 
We'll see. We won't talk about it too much, but I'm excited to give it a try. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> All right, now for the, what is it? The, uh, what's the, when you say that saying that's like the, the meat, the meat of the podcast, the meat the of the episode, the meat and the potatoes, yeah. That's so funny that you left potatoes off because you don't like them. <laughs> I actually <laughs> like potatoes now. I eat them quite often. <gasps> I know. Except for mashed potatoes, they can die. Logan, I'm so proud of you. But, like, so, the good potatoes, like, I'm going to go into where we had for dinner tonight because it's super weird. So, we had mac and cheese. But vegan mac and cheese is a bit different. So, basically, we had to cook, boil potatoes and carrots and onion. And then we put that in a blender with a bunch of spices. And it makes a cheesy sauce. And then you put that on, like, whatever noodles you want. You know, so good. I think you left out the, the part about the black magic working. Um, the black magic. No, dude. That's that's pretty cool. Take all those. And cashews. That's a big one. Cashews, potatoes, onion, and what did I say? Carrots. Blend it all up. It turns nutritional yeast. Makes it cheesy. It's weird. It's different. But it's still really good. It sounds pretty good. But, uh... Yeah, I'm going to let you take it off on this week's subject, because it's one that I'm excited that you brought to the table. Yeah, so I figured um, Logan and I both really enjoy video games. Oh, yeah. They've been <laughs> really? a rather large part of our life, pretty much since we met. I th- honestly, Wait. I don't want to say our relationship revolves around video games, but that really kick-started our relationship. Didn't you first invite me over to your house because you were having, like, trouble in Kingdom Hearts and you knew that I liked the game or something? Like, you invited, like, me, Chase, and Nick over, right? That's not why I invited you guys over, but that was definitely where our friendship started, was when I invited that all of you guys over because that was so much fun. And, like, we even played video games that night, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, definitely a good night. Uh, but, yeah, so they're quite a large part of our life. Um, so I just kind of wanted to like talk about that and kind of see if we can figure out why or why we like the games that we do. Um, cause I've, be- believe it or not, I've actually had quite a few people contact me and say, wow, during this quarantine, I would love to start playing video games, but like, I don't get them or like, how do you get into them? Why do you like them? So, interesting. Got me me thinking about like, huh? Why do I like video games? Um, so, kind of just thought we'd talk about that and see if we can answer that at all. I'm stoked because you know, metal music is a passion of mine. Video games is another huge passion of mine. Maybe bigger. I don't know. Let's. I'm I'm excited. Check out our new podcast, Two Video Game Fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we just hold up, like, fans from our computer. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. RGB, of course. Um, so, I wanted to ask you, what was your first video game experience that you can remember? Right. Um, so, the first video game experience that I pretty sure i can remember would be um just mario bros the first one on the nes um i don't i played that when i was really really young 
and fell in love with it. And then for my fifth birthday, my dad and my mom got me a Nintendo 64, and not fifth birthday, Christmas, when I was around five, um, a Nintendo 64 with Power Rangers and Super Mario 64. And that right there, just from then on, I was been playing video games ever since. Solid, dude. What about you? I want to hear your um, side of that. So, mine's quite interesting. I want to say that I was probably five years old. Maybe yeah. maybe four, maybe six, but somewhere around there. Um, I went to my uncle's house. Now, when I was, when I was younger... Both of my uncles lived in the area, and I would regularly go spend either a weekend or a night with them. And my one uncle would cook me, um, he called it spicy rice, but it was essentially jambalaya. And we'd eat jambalaya and play Xbox, mostly Star Wars fighting games. Um, And then my other uncle would invite me over for tortellini, and we would play Warcraft, namely Warcraft 2. Very, very different styles of games. Yes. The first one that I remember was I went over to my uncle's house for playing Warcraft. And he taught me the game. And he went to go to his office to do something for for a little bit. And he goes, just stay here and play the game. I'll be back. Um, I don't know if he ever came back or if he did and I was just zoned out. But I didn't sleep that night. And all I did was play Warcraft. Freaking solid, man. And, like, that's not an exaggeration. He literally came in the next morning. It's like, oh, when did you wake up? I'm like, what do you mean, wake up? <laughs> <laughs> I've played Warcraft for 10 hours straight. So that that really just sets the tone for the rest of my life. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Yeah, it was definitely early, and it definitely left an impact on me. Yeah, and even at my other uncle's house, we would... We would also pull all-nighters and then whenever he started having kids we didn't we'd involve like them on them when they got old enough we'd all be playing like star wars or there was this game for ps2 we called it the bug game it was actually <laughs> called into o um I, mean, I never see it mentioned anywhere um so maybe it was like a, a not well-known game but essentially you were like a spaceship and you were on a tunnel like a like a cylinder thing and you could go around the circle and you had to, like, dodge obstacles and shoot, like, bugs and collect okay. points and power-ups. I know that, the style of game you're talking about, but I've never played that one. That sounds pretty cool. That became a competitive point in our, like, life. All three all three of us, me and my both of my uncles, were, like, competitive on that game. I'd be like, yeah, I'd be at level three without dying. And they'd be like, What? So, Damn. it definitely started from a young age. Damn. What, what was your first console then? Hmm. So, so, you're just saying you were at your uncle's, but when did you get your hands on your own personal console? So, my dad had a Super Nintendo. Um, but, I don't know what happened to that. We we played it, and I distinctively remember playing um, Super Mario World and um, some Scooby Doo game. But <laughs> I don't know like why why we would stop playing that or like what happened. But I think it's whenever we moved houses, it like got packed up or something. But 
really my gaming started with a Game Boy Advance. Like the um Ooh, okay. The flat that... one that was like that purple see through color. Okay. Yeah. I had oh I had a blue one. Not very clear. It was either blue or clear, but it, it was definitely see through. Yeah, but, I played, uh, played lots of Pokemon on that. Lots of Pokemon. Yeah. Oh man, I've played. I th- well, I'm trying to think of the first Pokemon. I honestly want to say the first Pokemon I ever played was Silver. I mm. sh- I wasn't one of the original games, and my la- my lord from Silver onward, I, me and um my cousin DJ. I, we had he had the GameCube and he had this thing that you could plug yep. your Game Boy Color mm-hmm. games into your GameCube, and so we went to would go to his grandma's house and we would bring the GameCube and we would plug that in and we would just play Silver together for hours. Like yeah, it's only a single player game, but when you're two best friend cousins and you're just sitting there tag teaming this bitch, like telling each other what to do, oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's my first Pokemon. <laughs> well, I'd love to sit here and just talk about our first gaming experience, because it's fun, but... There's too many of them, though. It would honestly it's, take it's, years. Yeah, no kidding. But it's pretty interesting that we got involved on different games to begin with. It is interesting, and I, I can already tell it's going to kind of go into the type of games we like to play. So, that's what we started playing. What about now? What kind of games do you enjoy playing nowadays? Like, so, if I if I were to say, Logan, I've cleared your weekend, you have nothing to do, and there's five games in front of you of varying genres, what genre of game would you like to pull first? Definitely RPG. 100%. Why? I will always choose an RPG. Um, I don't know. I think it's just the immersion the immersion of becoming that character or whatever, diving into this world and overcoming obstacles and tasks. Something about RPGs are just extremely, extremely satisfying because you can be whatever the hell you want. You can play games in a nice fashion, mean fashion. I don't know, depending on the game, they might not be a certain nice or mean, but I don't know. You just get to do the decisions that you want to make in this super chaotic world most of the time um and then experience this immersion that someone built like it's crazy but i love it and although i love other types of games if i like had to choose i would choose rpgs now could you give examples of games that actually exist that fit your description of this i sure can um so my favorite game series of all time, even though it gets so much hate that it totally deserves, is Fallout. Um, started with Fallout 3, then Fallout New Vegas, then Fallout 4, which I still love, and Fallout 76, which don't want to talk about that, but that that's probably the biggest. Um, some other ones I'll throw out there would be... Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Legend of Zelda, um, Dark Souls, and Red Dead Redemption. I honestly, those probably up there in those top top of my favorites. So you know that's interesting because 
if you asked me the same question, I would respond in an extremely similar manner. I also would much prefer, like, if I could only play one type of game for the rest of my life, it would definitely be RPGs. That surprises me. Um, that honestly surprises me. And, like, when I think of what a good RPG is and, like, what I would put on my wall, one of them might be a stretch. Um, it's just, like, this specialization, but Horizon Zero Dawn, for sure. Oh, God. It was, the, oh. It was short, relatively speaking, but every single aspect of that was well done. The immersion was so good to the point where I played it over break during school. So I had the time to do it. It was to the point where like every waking hour I had, I needed to finish that story because I was so invested. Um, another one would be The Witcher 3. Um, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. That was one of the most fun things that I've ever done. It was long. took a long time. But every, every single moment of that was filled with fun. Um, another one would be Persona 5. This is kind of where it takes like a, a small detour because this is technically a JRPG. Um, but it, this was like 90 hours of just un, insanely crafted story. And you can still choose how you influence that from start to finish. Um, so that was another good one. And then, of course, Fallout New Vegas. Oh, man. Oh, that that's... That would be my my like trophy case if I had if you could display these in some way that's what I'd put on display. God, wow. I would agree with two and a half of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but I think it's for the same reasons you said. I mean, my my top reason would be immersion. There's something incredible about it like no matter what kind of what you're going through what kind of mood you're in you can just plop down and go somewhere else for a few hours um i like how you said a few hours because that is sometimes rpg's biggest flaw is i don't have an hour to sink into it i might have a half hour and typically i don't always want to play an rpg if i'm only playing for a half hour yes and that's we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later probably i don't know yeah and that's kind of why um that, that We'll, we'll bring that up later, but that's kind of why, like, there's other genres that I play a lot, yes. but RPGs is definitely my top pick. Dude, <laughs> are we, did we just become best friends? Wait, what are what is the past, like, 12 years of our lives, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Brothers, no, um, yeah. Damn, that's so funny, because I, I, if you would have asked me that question about you, I don't think i would have picked rpgs not that i i mean i know you love rpgs but i what thought you? you would um strategy I, I i would say strategy would be number one hmm. see that's it's, interesting because while i do love strategy games i don't play them very much anymore because they take even more time than rpgs that's pretty true like i Civilization, commanding, or um, not command and conquer. Civilization and like, uh, what is it? You, like Stellaris games, like those. I love those games, 
but I don't have eight hours to learn how to play it before I actually play it. <laughs> but good point. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because another genre we both really enjoy, or at least we both enjoyed one aspect of, was puzzles. Oh, I do love me a good puzzle, but man, can I be bad at them? Oh, but that's half the fun, right? Honestly, so- I'm, I'm, honestly, I love that you say that because one of the greatest gaming experiences of my life was playing The Witness mm-hmm. front to back with you and Brandon. Yeah, because agreed. three dudes working together to solve this game of insanely complex puzzles. I remember sitting there eating Domino's pizza, eating the garlic knots, drinking way too much soda, sweating in my basement, just trying to figure out what the hell these puzzles are. So yes, good, love it. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because like, while the RPG provides a nice solitary experience to like experience something alone, and that's not to say puzzles don't do that also. A lot of puzzle games, play solo fine but something about the witness and all three of us working together like we had notepads we had the food the pizza like we were all sprawled out on the couch like we were like at some points we even laid backwards on the couch to get a new perspective because we had no idea what we were doing oh yeah we would have to look at it upside down from time to time just because so many things were going on to give people some background this isn't a normal puzzle game where it's like fit this block in this square there's no, they don't. Tell Even though you do do on. that, there's there's no <laughs> rules, there's no instructions. You just, oh, sorry, there are rules, there's no instructions, there's no, you have to go here and do this. It's, hey, walk around this island, and figure out how to solve puzzles. But they don't even tell you what puzzles are either. Mm-mm. Later in the have... game, you figure out that like, stuff that you thought was just scenery might actually all be one big puzzle. Yeah. So. It was just having those mind-blowing moments together. It was, like, really awesome, not only to build friendships, but also to, like, feel good together. Totally. I I still remember the time I figured out the scenery was a puzzle. Because we you'd go in through and you have all these, like, little posts, like these puzzles that, that are obviously puzzles. And then you just, I noticed that the moon was lining up similar to, like, this thing that looked like a puzzle. And, oh my god, you can move the moon. I had no idea for, like, over half the game. And it was just, oh, dude, so cool. Yeah. So, so the, if you haven't played The Witness, literally stop listening to me right now. Go to your PlayStation, Xbox, PC, I don't even know what it's on, and download The Witness and play it because it, it's be- artistically beautiful. It has a story-ish, I mean, yes and no, and... Yeah. It has puzzles that range from extremely easy and just fun, laid back, to very, very difficult, difficult, at least for us at times. So in the same vein of together, um, let's kind of talk about some social aspects of video games. Because I'm sure you remember back in early high school, late uh, middle school, staying up to like 4 a.m., playing xbox with the rose you know call of duty world at war call of duty modern warfare 2 and call of duty black ops so why do you think that was so much fun you know i literally still think back to those nights quite often just because you know being older you don't have the time to do that anymore and 
there was something about it like you have eight people all in one party all talking over each other in most most of the time either fun and loving ways and you just shoot people which i mean that's beside the point it wasn't the violence that was fun it was the competitive nature of working as a team together that was so much fun and one of the craziest things was that we didn't walk around this school or anywhere with a group of eight people you somehow formed this second friend group of people that you are super tight with even if you're not as tight with them in person and a lot of the times that group you're playing with is from a bunch of different cities like i don't know i made so many friends playing those games and friendships that still would last to this day even though i don't talk to him on a daily basis just because we used to play some hardcore video games together yeah i'm sure some some listeners might see those memes popping up like whenever you're like you log into your xbox and all your friends haven't been on in like 40 14 years (laughs) like that's so true it it was such a surreal experience to be on the xbox 360 during like halo 3 modern warfare days because that's when this whole online gaming thing was really starting to take off and you'd get into the like 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 logan was saying you get into this party you might know one person in there and there's seven eight other dudes in there you've never met but you might know about them from your school or from your hometown and then you become really close with them online but then you see them in school and like you don't walk up to them and be like Hey, XX noob slayer XX. Like you don't, but you have that mutual understanding. Like, hey, this kid's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, this camaraderie and things like that. Like, like it's always like you join in on one of your close friends' party, and then there's six other dudes that you have no idea, and you're just like, oh shit. And so you're kind of quiet, and then you're playing your game, and then all of a sudden you kick some, you kick some absolute butt in that video game you're playing. You get a good kill, whatever, and then everybody's like, oh hell yeah, and then just starts building up from there. And it's super easy to become friends with people. There's literally a person that on Xbox we were super tight with. We would do like sniping things together. Um, we were always we were so close. This was like the right before high school or like just at the start of high school. And then like sophomore year of high school, this kid wants to kill me for some reason. Like I had never, we had just stopped playing video games together due to the mutual friends we played with stops. But then for some reason he hated me with an absolute passion. Don't know why it was weird, but that was the only time that that's ever happened to me. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's something special about an online only friendship. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a video game thing or what but it was definitely an aspect of video games that i think is really awesome and it's it's one of the reasons why playing call of duty or like any game online together is so fun it's not necessarily about the game although most of the time the game is pretty fun it's about the time that you're playing the game with your friends working through a similar objective, teaming up, working together. Yeah, and just because I can't really play Call of Duty single player anymore. I mean, I could play a campaign, but like online, it's just not that fun. But when right. you have friends that you're playing with, it is just exponentially fun. 
Okay, so something else that I wanted to bring up um, is this is something that I know Brandon and I kind of have more experience together than than me and you personally, but is this this aspect of like challenges in video games or um, maybe a, a good example would be like trying to 100% a game or playing a game that's really hard and continuing at it like like a Dark Souls type. Why do you think that's so fun? Man, that's a good question because like, let me let me give some more some more context here. So, um, for people who don't know, Dark Souls is a game that is extremely hard up front in its mechanics alone. Like it's it's a hard game to to get good at. But not only that, but throughout the game, there's like surprises that you don't see coming that will just completely kill you, and it can be downright frustrating to play at times and unforgiving, but yet people love playing it and it's so much fun. And then on the other hand, you can beat a game, but then a lot of these games come with like achievements or trophies, which are like additional challenges that aren't really part of the main game. They're just like a list that you can make like a check mark off of that tons of people, myself included, love to go after. But why dude what great questions because those are some of my favorite aspects of gaming let me freaking tell you um yeah so games like dark souls i the first time i i'm gonna the first time i played dark souls 2 is when it was we were still in the ps3 cycle it had recently come out and i everyone was talking about it but i'd never played a dark souls before and i heard it was hard i was like yeah it's hard whatever i'm good at video games so i drive on down to the red box pick it up for a night drive home played for 30 minutes and i said i'm never playing this game ever again it was so ridiculously hard it did not tell you what to do it did not hold your hand it you had no instructions and it frustrated me so i didn't play much of it and then veronica bought it for me um some months later and i was stoked because even though i hated it the first time i played it played it i had the actual time to sink into it because i only really hated it because it was through redbox you know once i had that time i played i would say like a third of the game before um the playstation 4 started to come out and i kind of had moved on from it but come back when Dark Souls 3 um, comes out. That is what really kickstarted my Dark Souls love. Just something about you're supposed to die, you're supposed to be bad, just keep practicing because you can either be insane and do the same thing over and over and over again or you just constantly are having to try new strategies. And it, I don't know, the, the, the way it forces you to rethink things, like a lot of video games don't anymore, is so cool and then for the trophy system and like achievements and stuff like that i love it because it gives any game some type of challenge and reason play so it could be a super easy game that you can complete in two hours that but then you go into the trophy list and there's like 20 trophies you never got and it's like well what i thought i beat the game but you have so much replayability and just endless challenges through trophies and achievements and that's just incredibly fun 
Yeah, I remember my first Souls experience. I remember my first beer. Well, actually, <laughs> my first Souls experience, I was at your house, and you're like, bro, you gotta try this game. And I hated it. Oh, yeah. I did manage to kill a boss by dodging, and then he fell off the arena. And I put down the controller, and I said, Logan, I'm never playing this game again. Um, that, that was Dark Souls 2, and that's... Yeah. But then... Freshman year of college, you and Brandon were like, Bloodborne, you got to get it. It's so much fun. And I remember I bought it, and I was in your basement. We were all playing it, and it took me literally four-plus hours to beat the first mini-boss. <laughs> and I, I hated every second of it. I only played it because it was the only game I brought with me. But after I beat that mini-boss... I finally understood why those games are so fun. Why? You get put through an extremely challenging scenario. And when you finally overcome that, it's so fun. It is. And it's you really spend four hours doing one thing, and then when you finally figure out the missing piece of the puzzle, or you finally get that lucky swing, man, it feels nice. But now you're thinking, wow, once you complete that goal right there, you're like, you're set. You can just move on. But the problem with Dark Souls and how unforgiving it is, you could take a long time to finally overcome an enemy just to walk into the next room and be battered by the next guy and have to restart from a long period. But for some reason, when playing these games, once you learn how to beat that enemy like that, the next time you get to him, he's easier. And then the next time you get to him, he's easier again. And it's just this weird dynamic of repetition over time of just better understanding. And even if it takes you two hours to beat one guy, then it takes you one minute from that two hours to die. And you have to redo what the, you just did in that two hours. It might only take you 10 minutes the next time because for some reason you can overcome that obstacle. It's so weird. But it's, in Dark Souls, it happens all the time. I mean, to that point, there's a boss in Dark Souls 2 so hard to beat the first time and then later in the game that same boss is just a regular enemy and there's multiple of them coming at you at the same time but by that point you figured out this the his weakness and you could just destroy them like they're like they're nothing so that i get and i totally see why people would not like those games um but that's another reason why people can be drawn to video games. And yeah. for the like achievements or trophies aspect, I think that... Okay, so for an RP, specifically for RPGs, it can be hard to know. Like, it can be hard to say, I've completed this game, you know? Because tons of side quests, there's tons of places to explore. So for me... Going after achievements, because I played a lot of RPGs, was kind of like my way of completing a game. Definitely. I would say I was the same whenever I had the time to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But now, there's a lot of games that aren't RPGs that have achievements. Like, um, what's, what's a good example here? We'll, we'll just use Rocket League, right? Oh, don't Rocket get me started on Rocket League. Rocket League has achievements. And 
Rocket like you're never done with Rocket League because it's an online multiplayer game. But those kind of achievements, like playing the same game over and over can get very boring and monotonous sometimes. So it's nice to have something else, a, an alternate way to play the game and still get rewarded. And I like going for achievements because they're like it's like a, an alternate way to play the same game that you've already enjoyed so much. Yes. Honestly, to me, there's like an, any RPG modern has three playthroughs or three plays. You've got the campaign. You have the campaign plus all the side quests, and then you have the campaign and all of the achievements or trophies. So you can try to do all three at once. It makes your it makes that playthrough very very long and strenuous. I've definitely played games where I do just the campaign the first time, and then I'll replay it a second time going for all the side quests and typically when i do all the side quests i try to do all the trophies at the same time yeah from somebody who's done this a lot i think the 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 way to maximize enjoyment without making it feel like work because for some of these achievements you really got to put in a lot of time and effort is just play the game first don't worry about anything if you really enjoy the game and want to go back to do the trophies or achievements do that later once you've finished enjoying what the immersion has to offer. And a lot of the times that might be, you know, a playthrough and then a second playthrough to see what you missed. And then you go for whatever you missed. But I think playing the game just to do the achievements and story all at once can lead you to a ruined experience. It definitely can. And honestly, it kind of ruined The Witcher for me. Mm. Because I did that. I started off playing it on the hardest difficulty, which was like Death something. Yep, Death March. Death March. And trying to do all the side quests and get all the trophies. Because I really w- I'd heard great things about the game. I really wanted to immerse myself. And it just took way too long that I wasn't making much progress. And I was getting frustrated that I turned down the, vol- or the difficulty like to one down. And then continued the game basically mostly just doing the campaign and i did side quests here and there but i didn't really try to do side quests i just did them if i needed to needed the experience or whatever and it still took me a long time and i absolutely loved it i haven't really gone back to play it more since then though okay one last area that i wanted to explore before um this is over is games like animal crossing games like animal crossing i mean so what other games are like animal crossing the two that come to mind are animal crossing and stardew valley okay and from everything that we've just talked about they're so different yeah but also they're so much the same Um, so like if you take the immersion from RPGs and you take the, um, let's say, just like achieving things from, I guess, all games, but any like the trophy system, even if there's no trophy system, achieving things. And I don't know, just 
like it seems a simming game. You immerse yourself in this world where you start typically from nothing and you slowly build up more and more achieving new goals and eventually there's almost no end to them to be honest like you can continuously go i'm sure there's an end but like most people don't ever reach it but it's just i don't know a sense of immersion i guess that feeling of an end goal or no end goal sorry no end goal is something that's very special too because then you're not rushed to play it ever you just play it because you want to and you don't have a race whatsoever. I don't know. It's weird. I also want to throw in um, No Man's Sky then. I feel like No Man's Sky and Animal Crossing are actually insanely similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely... I think Animal Crossing is the weirdest one out of the bunch for me. Um, you know, with, with Stardew Valley, it, it's a little more concrete you know you're building a farm you like your objective is so clearly lined out in in no man's sky your objective is it's the universe do whatever you want you know but animal crossing is different your objective is hey you just built a house on this in this in this newest version an island now you owe a ton of money (laughs) and the whole time you play the game, everything you do is either earning you bells or nook miles that you just pay off your debt to get more debt. <laughs> and, like, you're collecting things along the way, putting out cool items to look, like, spruce up the look and feel. But, like, what is the objective in that game? There is no objective because it doesn't end. Right, and, like... I tried explaining Animal Crossing to somebody, and no matter how I did it, it just made the game seem unfun, even to me explaining it. Honestly, I, I can I can see that. And it's I don't Animal Crossing is like whatever whatever they're doing, they figured out how to do it so well to make it so fun and enjoyable. Because I don't think I've talked to anybody who's actually played Animal Crossing that has had anything like super negative to say about it they've always had a fun time playing it there's something there's something with the relaxing nature and the cuteness that definitely helps out because if you played that same mechanic of the debt to this to that and like no real goal but in a maybe a worse setting it might not be as fun to be honest with you but for some reason you being the only human on this island of small, innocent animals that literally just want to be there because of you, in a sense, or are so happy to be what they are, there's this weird innocence to it that is so calming and so soothing that even though we're in a pandemic right now, if when I'm sitting on the couch playing Animal Crossing, everything is so beautiful, everything is so clean, friendly, I don't know. It's... It's a weird addiction. I don't wouldn't say I have an addiction, but I play it a lot. So one thing that I've noticed is there's like two to three things that have come up in everything we've talked about. And that's immersion, 
it's a sense of challenge and reward. And the slash three was fun experience, fun shared experiences. Yeah. Do you think that adequately at an extremely high level sums up why we like playing video games so much? 1000%. I mean, that's what everyone wants in life, isn't it? Boy, that's deep. I mean, just think about it. Yeah. So, with that being said, what if you could name, let's say, five video games to recommend to somebody for whatever reasons you want? They don't have to be your favorite um, video games, just five games to recommend somebody to play. They could be individual titles or a series of games. Like you, you could say Fallout as one, and that would con- constitute the whole series of games, not just one of them, you know? Okay. If you can make five recommendations, what would they be and why? Oh, God. This is... You're putting me on the spot. I like yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm putting myself on the spot, too, and I'll, um, I'll go first to give you some time to think. No, okay. If you already know, you can go. I had some answers. I mean, I don't know all... Maybe maybe not all five, but... Okay, we'll um, just start... Go with your first, and then we can move on to me after one. Yes, so... My first recommendation would be Kingdom Hearts. Damn, dude. I didn't even think of Kingdom Hearts, but now you're making me rethink. (laughs) And the reason being is the core mechanic of the game is so well done that it's just fun to play. But also, whoever, the guy in charge of creating that story is wild. He's created (laughs) such an amazing story in the most hard-to-follow way, but it really makes you want to play the next game to figure out what's happening. So that's that's definitely an experience that I would recommend somebody playing. Wow, yeah. I mean, Kingdom Hearts can be played in so many different ways, too, because of what it is. It's a fantasy game, so if you love fantasy, you're going to love it. It's a Disney game, so if you love Disney, you're going to probably love it. And then it's also the craziest, long-winded, conceptualized story that... If you're a nut for that, you're going to love it and want to play more of it. And it's, I don't know. They hit the money on Kingdom Hearts, that's for sure. And if you want to recommend the same game or series that I did, go for it. I'm going to, I'll give my two cents if I have it. Um, But I'm going to try to recommend others, even if those would have been on my list. Just because I want to hear different games. Um, First for me, and this is going to be Rocket League, which is one of the games, probably the game that I've spent the most time playing in the last four years, um, ever since it came out, I've been playing, I started just with you and Brandon as friends, um, that's a story in itself, and then it got into where Brandon and I would kind of just play competitive through their competitive mode, which was a fun, higher uh, level version of it. And then I've even played it for the university I went to. I was on the Rocket League team and played in tournaments against other people at other universities. That's and awesome. I know it was, it was such a cool experience. I only did it for a semester, which kind of sucked, but I didn't have a gaming PC originally. Um, it's a game that is kind of like Dark Souls. Incredibly hard to get the mechanics down because what Rocket League is is you're driving cars 
on an enclosed soccer field trying to score a soccer ball into a goal. And you can jump and boost. And when you first play it for the first time, you'll not you, you, you all you'll be able to do is drive on the ground front back, might be able to turn, hit the ball, and then might be able to jump. But then people like the pros can jump and do the most insane mechanical things. And Rocket League is so beautiful because you have casual players that have fun using cars to play soccer because that's fun in itself. You have the people that are after casual, slightly competitive, that are just doing it because they want to get better, are good at it, have friends that are good at it, want to play socially, you know, all that. Then you have the people that do it for, like, their life and, like, esports-wise. And honestly, Rocket League could become the biggest esport in the world if, if the company that runs it lets it, but it's so easy to watch. Like, one of the things about esports is, especially for a person that doesn't play that video game, it can be hard to follow. But there's nothing hard to follow about some cars shooting some balls into goals. And it's so accessible. It's so much fun. And it's so simple. And I highly recommend anybody to go play it. Yeah. To that point, I just remember back to one of the Rocket League World Series. You're watching it in your basement. (laughs) Yes. Um, so one quirk about Rocket League is if the timer hits zero, but the ball is still in the air, the time, like the game won't stop. Until the ball hits the ground. Correct. Or is scored. Or, yeah, or is scored. Um, and the it was the championship game. Not only the championship game, it was game seven of a seven-game series tied in overtime. Yeah, so this was literally as far removed as you could get. Yeah. And one team was down by one. And they kept the ball alive for what felt like a year. Like, it was insane. And then the most disgusting play I've ever seen up until that point was made. And we went nuts. Everybody in the like the stadium they were playing went nuts. The announcers went nuts. The players went nuts. Your dad was outside working in the lawn or something, and he had to come in to see if we were okay because we were making even, that much noise. Even Veronica, who doesn't necessarily care about watching Rocket League, was jumping up and down in excitement because of how incredible that play was. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm behind you on that recommendation. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I feel like, although it's really hard to get into, if you get into it with a friend that's also getting into it, it can be the most fun experience in the world learning to play that game with somebody. It's just fun. Go for it. So, my next recommendation is going to be The Witness. Um, kind of already talked about it. You don't necessarily need a group of people to play it with, but... Oh, no, not at all. But if you have that opportunity to play it with other people, it can be a fun time. Um, you have to play it with the right people, I feel, because, because there's a lot of give and take when you're playing The Witness. Yep. So, make yeah, that's all I got to say. But it's incredibly fun. Do you have more on The Witness on why you recommend nah, I, it? I already said my piece on it. Yeah, I mean, it's... In my, it's my the my favorite puzzle game that I've ever played, and I've played a few. <laughs> well, I don't know if I like that or the Talos Principle better. Um, the Talos Principle is another extremely good puzzle game, but I 
I would say that one is for less people than the witness because it's it's more on the philosophy side, whereas the witness is just a pure puzzle game. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I didn't play the Talos on that much, it like you and Brandon did, but just the experience of us doing it together is what really made the witness so special. Mm-hmm. But um, the next recommendation would have to be Dark Souls. I mean. <laughs> Dark Souls, probably because it doesn't have as much nostalgia to me, isn't my number one, but it's solid, my number two RPG. Just, it's the hardest game in the world to get into, but once it clicks, it really clicks. And you'll have this expansive discography of games that you can play, a collection of games. I mean, you have Dark Souls, Demon's Souls, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, um... Bloodborne, and you even have, and then there's DLC for all those, and now there's Sekiro, which is not quite Dark Souls, but still the same type of game in a sense. Another solid recommendation. Yeah, I mean, it it sucks to start that game, but as soon as it clicks, it is the greatest game in the world. It just has to click first. Yeah, see, this is hard because as I give recommendations, I just think of all the other games that I could be saying instead. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to try to tailor this for, like, somebody who is new or doesn't have a lot of experience in a, in a particular genre or something. So um, another so another thing that I would recommend playing is, like, a Guitar, a guitar Hero or a Rock Band. Oh. And... Again, these aren't like my favorite games that I play all the time or something that I would play for the rest of eternity necessarily, but these are just strong contenders for like a way to see why video games might be fun for somebody who's not playing them. But yeah. man, Guitar Hero and Rock Band was another big part of me and Logan's friendship. Um, I don't know, there's just something fun about it gives you that like rock star feeling without actually having to be musical. They, they did a really good job of, like, breaking up a song into I don't know what I'm doing, yet I still want to have fun, all the way to holy holy hell, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And the most beautiful thing about Rock Band is, since it has different difficulties, someone like Jordan, who's proficient in guitar, can play on the hardest difficulty, on the hardest songs. It looks really hard, it is really hard, but it's so satisfying to do for him. Where me, I can play on hard and be satisfied because to me that was a freaking challenge and a half and if someone could play on easy and feel satisfied because it's a challenge to them it can cater to so many different types of people yeah for sure definitely check it out and if you have like an online subscription to to whatever console you're on you can download songs so all you metalheads out there download veil of maya and periphery and all the goods <laughs> so we did yeah tons of fun dude Oh, piss. Now it's my turn to give a recommendation. <laughs> All right, well, it has to be Fallout. Um, okay. If I was to truly recommend, I would do what I did and start with Fallout 3. Um, another fun fact, when I first played that game, I got home one day, I, I finished my chores, whatever I had to do, probably ate dinner, go downstairs, but I didn't have a PS3 at the time, but my stepbrother did, and he wasn't home. And when he wasn't home, I could play whenever. And there was a blockbuster case on the ground in front of the system. And I was like, what the heck? What is this? Fallout 3. 
never heard of it put it in start it up create my character yada yada do all the stuff in the vault had a ton of fun there i was like whoa this is really cool and immersive and interesting get out of the vault okay i don't have anything let me go walk around and then i walked to this town that was full of these ants that were the size of like massive massive dogs and they kept breathing fire and they kept killing me and all i had was a bb gun and i kept getting killed by these massive fire ants and they were taking no damage and i couldn't escape the town i was like this is stupid <laughs> put it didn't play anymore um and then like i don't know months later you and some other friends in our school started talking about it and were really really enjoying it and so i tried it again and then i didn't go to the stupid ant town that time i went to <laughs> megaton where they set you up with better supplies and like it's just better start and i fell in love with the game it's such a customizable rpg you can play nice neutral uh, bad i mean it's a post-apocalyptic world that has the coolest creatures and coolest like lore to me and i absolutely love the fallout universe yeah i agree that's there's something special about a well-crafted video game world and mechanics and story um i think i'll i'll just say my favorite from that series is new vegas um not i would agree i would agree not because it does everything so much better but because it extended on everything that made fallout 3 awesome yeah and added uh, more awesomeness to it yeah but def that's definitely something that you should give a wager for my next one I'm gonna I'm gonna take like a like a basic answer here, and I'm just gonna say pick a Pokemon game and play it. Damn it! <laughs> you beat me to it. Um, I mean, depending on which generation you play, um, you're gonna get a different experience, because some of them are easy, some are hard, some are long, some are short. Um, but it's just it's just a well. I mean, the formula really hasn't changed since the first one came out that much, and it's still successful. It's just a well-formulated game, tons of fun to play, and highly recommend. I mean, who wouldn't want to create a team of the cutest little creatures that do elemental damage to other cute little creatures, fighting other people with cute little creatures, and leveling up those cute little creatures to become not-so-cute, badass creatures? You sold me. <laughs> I'm down for I'm down for 12 games. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, I think Pokemon is so big to me because I started with it so young, mm -hmm. and it just was always there and always fun. And, and every single game I have fun with. Someone getting into it now, I don't know how that would be. I mean, if you like video games, and you like and you want to be kind of challenged a little bit, start with some of the earlier ones. I would I would say. Um. Or bull, what is it, black and white? Those are kind of difficult, too. Um, but if you don't want it to be as much of a challenge and you just kind of want to jump in, the newest version is a pretty good one to start with. Yeah. They, seem to, be, they seem to have gotten more more accessible um, yeah. than newer ones, which isn't a good or bad thing. It just is. Yeah, it's just something that happens. It's. It, I think video games in general are becoming more accessible just because, I mean... I don't know, wider audience, you know? But, uh, yeah, damn, you took one of... Ah, I have to think of two more now. <laughs> try, to, try, to, try to talk a little more about Pokemon so I can think for a second. 
man. Yeah, see, my last recommendation, um, we already kind of already kind of touched on it. And I just want to reiterate, these aren't my favorite games. I'm only recommending this because this would be something, a novel exper- experience that some people should try. Um, and it's going to have to be Stardew Valley. Um, there's just so much replayability there. Um, it's it's relaxing. There's also a sense of challenge if you want it. Like it, I don't know. It's 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 a game that I think a lot of people could benefit from right now. All right. All right. I got one. Any of the 3D Super Mario RPGs. Because Super Mario 64 is great, but it's a bit outdated. Super Mario Galaxies are incredible, but on the Wii. Now you have Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch. Any of those will do. The They bring all the best parts of Mario together into some very, very, very fun sometimes quite challenging adventures through some of the most artistic lands that I've ever seen. Yeah, there's, there, there is something special about those Mario games. It's just, it's oozing with quality around every corner. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think a game is immersive, Mario somehow does an incredible job of every single level is a new immersion. In itself with challenges and enemies and goals and obstacles it's crazy yeah they're they're really they're really fun to play they're really um fun to look at honestly too and they i don't know nintendo does a really good job of making that game awesome no matter how it comes out one thousand percent I think you have one more to go with. No, because I gave two in a row. That should be my five, right? Oh, you, oh, you did second. Okay, yeah, that's your five star. You probably dang. Now I'm really on the spot. <laughs> out of time, dude. Out of time. I think I, it's I, not like your favorite game or anything. You could just pick a game that you I, think people would enjoy. I know. And I, for some reason, all these RPGs keep coming to my mind. Well, throwing up. But I want to give something. You know, I'm no, this is a perfect one, especially for right now. Jackbox and Party Pack. Oh, nice. Any nice. of them, or all of them. So, what Jackbox is, is a, and honestly, any type of party game like this would do, but these are so accessible. It's a pack of kind of like board games, in a sense, or card games that kind of style almost that you play online where the people you play with don't have to be with you. You all join into the session from your phone. So we've done discord calls with eight friends all joined in on this Jackbox game and played. And it's so much fun. They've got, they they have trivia, they have make fun of each other's personalities. They have like, challenging games i there's so many there's a rap battle game and it's all really really fun especially with a good group of people 
Yeah, that's that's a really good recommendation too, because it's kind of like a little bit different from everything we've talked about. And and you're stuck quarantined, and the only thing you can do is virtual game nights. That is the best way to go. Yeah, very solid recommendation. And when I say virtual game nights, I meant like board game nights, kind of in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> I I know. <sighs> Good thing you clarified. I figured five out. That's that's a positive. Honorable well, I mean, mentions to Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> yeah. See, here, here's the problem. It's like. It's it sucks because as we talk about this, I'm like, but what about all the time, you know, the, all these other games that I spent so much time with or that mean so much to me? It's like you, we didn't even talk about them. It, it sucks because it's just a huge, big old rabbit hole, and you feel bad for leaving out some of these other titles. But there's just so much to do and so much to try. It's it's awesome. So one yeah, one thing I wanted to touch ba- touch on before we end this is that video games are not only an insane, enjoyable experience for those that play them, but also for those that create them. Because a video game is basically all of the best forms of media put into one. It's art, it's a movie, it's typically has music all put into one, and it some of these games are so artistically creative and like unimaginary that like whoever created those games has a beautiful creative mind that's like an artist even if it's not a painting or a song i don't know there's just something to it's a it's a very intense fulfilling piece of art yeah and that's that's very true and from like a technical side, getting computer hardware to do all of these things is insanely hard from a technical standpoint. So I mean, it's even art in that sense. Yeah. It's the the crazy. talent, passion that goes into making these things is is really evident in a lot of the standout titles. And kudos to the developers, artists, etc. Honestly. If for some reason you can't get into those big AAA games, please check out some indie games because indie games are typically passion projects done by people not being forced to work. And so they can be, although maybe not quite as beautiful as someone that has millions of dollars and thousands of artists, but some of those indie games, man, are so creative and so much fun. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other big questions for me? No, that was that was all the things I wanted to explore, but I think if we go down any other rabbit hole it's gonna go too long, so we could we could revisit in future episodes different areas. Yeah, and I mean for those listening, if there's any specific aspect of games or gaming or whatever that you'd like to hear us talk about, let us know, because I could talk about it for a long time. <laughs> Me. There's so many experiences and so much that is going on in that world. So, yeah, please let us know. You can email us at 2metalfans at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at 2metalfans. Let us know if you want us to talk about any aspect of video games. We'll go for it.
um, do you have a hot take this week of an album that people should listen to? Oh man, every every freaking time you ask me this question, I'm always like, oh, next week I'll do better. I'll come prepared. And I just well, never come prepared. That's fine. I I don't. <laughs> um. Okay, I've got one, and I don't have a ton of um experience listening to these guys, but Tala, T A L L A H, I believe, mm-hmm. are like a pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Met, like metal band that has this I don't know they got a strange persona but they go freaking hard and their drummer is the son of Mike Portnoy and Mike Portnoy is one of the greatest no the vocalist not the drummer right no it's the drummer oh it is a drummer okay so the drummer is the son of Mike Portnoy and Mike Portnoy is the, eh, in my opinion the greatest drummer of my generation he's was the ex Dream Theater drummer and Avenged Sevenfold for an album, but God, for some reason that band's just wild, and yeah, I don't the, know if it has anything to do with his drumming or not, but it's just fun to listen to. Yeah, the vocalist for that band is uh, literally insane with what he can do. Mm-hmm. He posted like YouTube covers and stuff before the band, and yeah, it's that's a good hot take. Go check them out. <laughs> All right. Do you have one, or are we going to just go off with that one? No, I'm I'm just going to second that one this week. <laughs> awesome. I, well, thanks for listening to us ramble for however long we have. Um, like I said, you can get in contact with us through our email, twometalfans at gmail.com, or our, um, what is it called, a Twitter, at, at twometalfans. <laughs> Those are probably the best two ways to reach us if you ever want to. Uh, don't forget, if you liked it, hated it, whatever, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts just because you want to or you don't. Just do it. No peer pressure. Um, and I, I meant to do this at the beginning of the episode, but I wanted to shout out, we are now doing a collaboration with Ronin'sReviews.com. They are a review site for music, games, films, honestly, kind of whatever they want to review, they get collaborators, and there's some pretty quality reviews on there um, I've read, and they've put up two of our reviews so far. We have a written review for, what is it, North Lane Singularity album, and yep. a written review for Devin Townsend's Empath. So if you want to hear what we have to think about those, please go check it out. But other than that, thank you guys so much for listening, and this is the Two Metal Fans Podcast. We'll catch you next week.